and welcome to the Talk Shop podcast, a podcast where we talk shop and learn about different jobs and career paths where you necessarily do not need a four-year college degree. My name is Helen O'Brien, and I am the host of Talk Shop Podcast. This podcast is episode five in our series, and I'll be talking with Anthony, a flight attendant with an internationally recognized airline. Hi, Anthony. Are you ready to talk shop? Hello. I'm ready to talk shop. Awesome. So, Anthony, you are a flight attendant, and um, but you didn't start out as a flight attendant. So, tell me a little bit about your path and and how you got to where you're at today. Yeah. Um, so, I've been a flight attendant for about eleven and a half years. Um, I started um, originally graduating high school. We had a project, and um, you know, end of the year project. Mine was to be a restaurant manager all through high school. I worked in restaurants. Um, one job I had as a secretarial clerk at a law office and um, kind of juggling to make car payments and, you know, having that extra money for, you know, throughout high school or whatnot. And um, when I entered college, you know, to for major purposes and what I wanted to do, always growing up, I always said I wanted to be a nurse. That's where I originally, like, you know, career-wise, um, I wanted to like start. You know, oh, I could work away as a manager in the two restaurants that I worked at, and you know, build my way up. And ended up taking all the prerequisites in college um, before applying to the nursing program. And um, I took this one pre-nursing two-weekend part class, and I realized I didn't really like it. Like, I felt like I was gonna hate it, and kind of sucked because I had all these credits that was going towards you know, nursing. And um, luckily, um, a lot of the, most of the classes I had could transfer to communication. So I changed my major, major to communications and then um, got the opportunity um, to work in a bank. My cousin, um, they were opening a new branch here uh, close to San Mateo and San Carlos. And I, um, I said, sure, I, you know, I'd always kind of wanted to work in a bank too. Kind of sound interesting and intriguing to me. And I hated it after like a month. I was like, it was torturous. I was like, oh my gosh, I stopped going to school for this. I was going to school like at nights part-time, but it was just, most of my friends were almost, you know, done in their, about to be done in their four year year of college and graduating. And here I am still, you know, I would take college courses and kind of drop one here and there. And like, oh, and you know, it was just partying and, you know, trying to figure it out. And here was another thing that, or, you know, career path that I took and I hated it. I tried to stay like the whole year and, you know, my baking center manager loved me and, you know, baited me, oh, here, take a raise, go back to school, do this, do that. And I just, you know, um, didn't like it. So I had to follow my heart. So, um, yeah. And it's interesting that you start, you, your senior career project was something in hospitality, you know, like, um, and then you were interested in nursing. And, you know, as you were talking, I'm thinking, well, you're almost kind of a nurse when you're on an airline because you're taking care 100%. of people. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You're just not taking their blood pressure. Right. But, but, you know, we have, I've, I've done that before. <laughs> um, you don't want to do that, but it, you know, we're trained for all that, but yeah. Um, I, uh, a friend of mine, um, knew kind of, I was in a spot where I had, um, 
I got a job at Red Robin and um, was going to go back to Mimi's Cafe where I was working. And um, there just wasn't any room left. And I was working with all these like young kids younger than me and making no money. And he was like, apply, you know, for this airline. They're hiring and, you know, you're, you're great at talking to people. And I had never really thought about that. Like I loved traveling. I hadn't really done that much international travel. Um, but, you know, I had, I kind of was like in a place where I was like, you know, why not? So I applied and I ended up getting hired. and. Um, it was, yeah, kind of the best thing that could have happened to me. And, you know, almost 12 years later, here I am, made a career out of it. So that that is so cool. I mean, well, I would have loved to have been an airline attendant or a flight attendant. My mom always wanted me to become one so that she could fly for free all over the all over the world. Right. Um, but here I am interviewing you. So um, tell me a little bit about you know, the whole process. So you heard about, you know, that this airline was hiring. And yes. so what happened? You applied. I applied online um, and I ended up getting the interview. Um, it was a very, very long day. Well, it was like half a day and um, I ended up getting the job. And so um, most major U.S. airlines in the country, um, depending on like where you're based, when you apply, it tells you where you might be based. So um, for instance, like American is Dallas, San Francisco, Chicago, um, United, San Francisco, um, I think Chicago, New York, um, Alaska, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles. Um, it doesn't tell you where you'll be based, but it says kind of like, well, you were, where you might be JetBlue, New York, Florida, um, usually they'll tell you where they're hiring Southwest. Um, they have a small base here in Oakland, but mainly i believe like uh arizona um texas and it just depends what airline spirit florida um frontier colorado it just depends who's hiring and um if you're you have to be very flexible you might have to move somewhere and you know go live there and you have to be able to do that when you accept the job and um depending on what airline some airlines um they'll put you up and travel for um, like pay for your hotel while you're in a training program. So the training program, most of them are a six week program, very intense training where you have to pass everything depending on one airline. It's usually in 90% or more. Um, and if you fail a test, you get a chance to redo it, but you have to get a hundred on it. Um, you're trained very, like they give you a flight attendant manual. Most now are all on iPhones or, um, what do you call, call like a iPad? Yeah, a lot. Most of them are online now. Um, not all of them, but most of the bigger ones. Um, and it's basically your your flight attendant Quran or Bible or you know your your sure. encyclopedia of everything in there, and you're trained on everything to like door drills in case of an evacuation, um, evacuations on water, what to do in a scenario if um, someone stops breathing. Um, you know, we're not doctors, we're not nurses, but we're trained um, in CPR. You have to do these drills and know these pieces of equipment, uh, AED, a defibrillator, um, how to work it, how the operation, what it's supposed to be briefed at when you come on the plane and everyone has, you know, the depending on how many flight attendants, uh, three to four, um, some are larger when you go international. Everyone has their area about the, the check, depending on your position. Um, 
And if you don't do these drills verbatim, word for word, you get a chance to redo it. But um, usually it's like, typically like the airline that I work for, you get one chance to redo it. At the end of the day, if you don't get, get it correctly, you have to redo it with like the head of the training department. And if you don't get it, you're out. Um, it's a very, very like um, hardcore, hardcore, you know, yeah. FAA certified cutthroat um, tests and situations. I know when I went through the training, um, the people who I was in class with, you know, two of my best friends to this day, um, we're still friends and they just make fun of me because I was always in the corner by myself, just reading my, my book and manual and like memorizing a lot of memorization. Because um, essentially, depending on what airline you're working for, you're learning, um, you know, it could be two different aircrafts, like a Boeing aircraft, an Airbus, you could be learning, um, you know, an A380, a 320, a 321, um, a Boeing 737, and some of these airplanes are completely different, and, you know, you have to learn evacuation drills on a Boeing aircraft, you have to learn them on an Airbus aircraft, or, you know, you have to learn them on a 777 wide body. So it's very, it's a lot of information. And it's um, a lot of information. Yeah. And I've had friends who started later on and even at different airlines and I'm like, it seems impossible. And I remember just memorizing everything and I might not have known what it was, but once I got on the airplane and actually started working and on the line, I'm like, okay, I'm getting this. I'm getting this. Cause it, it's just all this, airline university of college that people you know study for years to to cut hair for two-year program or whatever to get certified and this is all in six weeks and yeah. I learned a lot in that process but I learned more as I went along because you're kind of thrown on and um you, you you have all these tests that you have to go through or whatnot and um they have something called an IOE your initial operating experience and you know some people have not had experience in the airline industry before like myself and some people have. So I just was kind of like, oh, wow. And, you know, it, it's a person who's certified to train you and ask you all these questions. And like I said, I learned a lot by more so doing than watching videos. And, um, you know, they show us uh, everything from um, accidents that have happened, where there's tragedies, um, how to identify, you know, terrorists, how to identify, you know, what to do in a situation if someone faints. Um, I've had so many people faint, like it's like, a monthly thing and it's like no big deal most of the time and luckily knock on wood I've never had like a major you know crazy emergency in you know the 12 years so it's been great you know some other co-workers I might have and you know most of the time everything's gone great so uh, but we're all we're prepared for anything from you know a crazy guest who drink a little too much or you know someone who's having a panic attack to you know you're landing in the Hudson and um yeah, so. Well, I, you know, I had no idea. I, I have to be honest with you. I had no idea. You know, you, you watch movies and like someone's on a plane and they're having a, you know, a heart attack or something and someone always yells out, is there a doctor on board, you know? But, but clearly flight attendants are prepared for almost any emergency that, that they can face, right? Um, right. That's pretty cool. And like you said, you had to take people's blood pressure before. I mean, <laughs> it can get serious. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Wow. And um, all the airlines are connected to something um, that they call MedLink. And it's basically um, a doctor on the line that either the flight attendants talk directly to or the pilots 
do. So when there's an emergency and whether or not there's a nurse or a nurse practitioner or doctor online, we have access to that and, you know, to decide, okay, um, if we're going to land or not, if it's serious enough, or maybe this person just didn't take their medication earlier, partied a little too hard the night before and came on the plane and didn't eat, or they mixed medications with alcohol, or they, you know, um, have a heart condition and, um, or just, you know, or have, have breathing problems and needed some oxygen. Um, so they monitor all that, it's all super regulated. And then every year they have something called uh, recurrent. So you go to get certified every year. So you're giving up a, a card from the FAA and that certification has to be renewed. So you're, you have your drills down, you remember how to operate all the equipment. Um, there's service training in there and service is a big part of most airlines. You know, you want people to love what they're, where they're flying to and the comfort and people, you know, love the brands that they fly most of the time, just depends, um, you know. And so, yeah, every year we have to go get certified. If you don't um, pass, most of us, I've never had a problem. Um, if they just want to make sure you're up to date and, um, you know, are certified to fly and you're safe. Right. It's all about safety. Safety is number one. Service comes second. It's always a safety first. Well, so. I mean, that makes total sense. I mean, in a lot of it, it's like any job, you know, you learn on the jobs, on the job training, right? You, you yeah. get past that first um, kind of screening so they can check you out and you pass all the stuff. But it's really once you get on the plane and you're actually flying with 300 people on board, that's when you really put putting everything that you've learned in the book into play. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, Anthony, the training. So once you get hired, do you, and then when you're doing the training, are did you like pay them to train or are they paying you or how does, what goes on there? So um, most airlines, they pay you to train. You don't pay them to train you. So it's not like you're going to a school. You're going to like their corporate offices where they have a whole program set up with, um, you know, depending on how many people are, or how big the airline is, and they, they'll break you up into groups if there's um, more than 60 of you. Luckily, my class was only 25 people, so it was just one group, um, six-week program. And then if you pass the program and you complete everything, you get paid for that, and then um, you get put on what they call reserve. And so you're basically on call, depending on when you get hired to who's hired after you, to how many people they need. You're, um, you're on call to, you know, hey, Anthony, um, this is Helen from Crew Scheduling. Um, we need you in the airport um, at eight o'clock a.m. and you gotta go. And you're basically on call for, it could be um, anywhere from, luckily if you're lucky like one month but that doesn't really happen to five years to ten years I got lucky and it was under a year so um and it just depends and you kind of have a calendar of what days they'll call you so you're on for four days off for two on for six off for four you can and then you bid for what schedules you want uh, when it comes to that and then once you get a, a schedule you like at this point I kind of can bid with what I want and like um, figure out where I want to go for how long and then it's all seniority based um, how you get the trips and whatnot right yeah like any almost any job right right but you have to pay your dues exactly yeah and but not only just pay your dues you have to show up you have to have some kind of 
experience, something to go off of. You've been coming up to work on time. You've never called in sick. You know, you get good feedback from all of your, your coworkers, all those things, super important. So that's a huge thing that I wanted to touch on. Being a flight attendant, um, being a, a gate agent, being a, you know, a pilot, whatnot, what um, everything is all about timing and being on time. You cannot be late. Um, every airline kind of has a different process. Um, the airline I work for, if you're, there, there's a point system and once you get to a certain amount of points, 12 points, you're fired. In training, you're on, um, after passing the training, you're on probation for, it could be anywhere from six months to a year and you're allowed to have like two or three strikes depending on what airline you work for. And it doesn't matter if you're sick, you have to show up within that six months and if not, you know, there's sorry, you're late three times, you're out. Um, and I'm always, I've always been a late person since I would, I'm a little kid. It's like engraved in my family's like timing. It's worked in at 2.30 PM, you're clocked in at 2.31 or 2.30 with 10 seconds, you're late. And, um, you know, everything, it's about on time at airlines. There's a whole schedule for every airport and one little delay will delay the next flight from leaving and the next and the next. And everything's about being on time, getting the, the passengers from point A to point B. You know, it's not about you, it's about the guests and it's about the whole experience and uh, whatnot. So that's like a big thing is timing, especially in training. Um, I remember there, there's a whole like etiquette there. So you have to have, you know, for girls, your hair and makeup, even if you're not a makeup girl, you have to have, you know, those red or pink lip on. And I remember a girl getting told she wasn't wearing enough. And like that kind of that's her point. Um, you know, you, you can't fall asleep. You know, that's, that's another point. Um, little things like that. Um, no phones out while you're in training. Um, no phones. It depends on um, what your airline rules are. Um, you're not supposed to have phones out during uh, taxi takeoff landing. You can have your phone out to read a book, your Kindle or whatnot. Um, but we're there for the safety. And, you know, if I, I have my phone out, we're texting and we landed and we're on the jet bridge and there's a fire to the right or the engine smoking. And I, I didn't see it because I was too busy texting my friends in the city I'm about to be in. You know, I, I potentially just could have like saved a whole situation, but I'm too engraved in my phone or what's going on or taking watch of the cabin. Um, so those rules are very, very like important and followed by. Well, it makes sense. I mean, <laughs> that's a big piece of equipment. You're carrying a lot of lives and it's nice to hear that they're, you know, on you people, like it's good. You yeah. know, we're, we're, we're allowed to have them just during the critical points of, of flying. No, I yeah, Safety. it makes sense. I mean, every time I've flown, I've always had very good experience with any of the flight attendants and everyone seems very professional. And so, you know, if you're looking at this career, this is something that this is no joke. I mean, you know, um, it's super important. And, and now I'm realizing how much training you go through and it's, I can see. Yeah, you know, it's pretty serious. It's you have serious. to like, you have to be on it. Um, people have gotten through the whole thing and got to week five and you know they messed up on a drill or they they didn't score correctly and they're like they kind of you know say sorry and that's it and you're you're there's no second chance you get to apply again in a year and that's it you know you might you just quit you know a job or stop going to school or 
you, you know, made your, you just moved across the country for this job and now you know, now you, have to, you know, now you don't have it. So you have to take it very seriously in the, in the training process and throughout it as well. Like I, you know, still take it very seriously. You have to have your, your uniform ironed. It has to be presentable. Uh, you can't, you know, guys like say if my hair was long, I would have to have it tied up, you no know, past my shoulder. Um, you know, earrings are approved now. So when I first started, guys weren't allowed to wear them, or I think you were allowed to wear one. Okay. Um, you know, no visible tattoos. So luckily, all my tattoos are from here up. So just my sleeves have to be rolled all the way down if I had anything here. But since I don't, I can have, you know, the shorter sleeves. Okay. Um, girls, you have to have your hems at a certain length, your, your heels have to be a certain, um, you know, height or they can't be hot too high um they have like every airline's a little different but you you can't have your skirt little high, hem too high um you can't you know you, you have to be presentable right and look professional i mean professional. you don't want your shirt tails hanging out or your boxer showing while your um pants are on low with your belt barely holding up your pants right i mean Right. Flight attendants, when you see them coming through the airport, you know, you're waiting for your flight and you see them coming and it's like, they all look sharp and ready to go. We try. <laughs> well, you do. Sometimes, I sometimes they're early mornings and, you know, but yeah, I, you know, that people can have talks with you at certain stations. I'm like, hey, you know, iron your shirt and, you know, sure. some of the supervisors are there to, to, you know, make sure that we're presentable or not. And, you know, we're wearing the uniform with pride. Um, yeah, so um, our director of in-flight came in to give us a speech of how proud she was that we, um, you know, passed the program and how she's been doing this, you know, and been at a couple different airlines. And if, if you, you know, feel your wings that you earn and if you ever feel like you're just not into this anymore and you've slept on it, you don't get that like touchy feeling, warm part in, inside your heart, you know, give them up because, this isn't for you and I always remember that like when I'm having a bad day or you know whatever and I still touch those wings and I still get that warm feeling inside and you know I know I made the right decision yeah that's <laughs> you need that warm feeling sometimes um so can I just want to go back really quick to you know when you applied and so some of the requirements they have the airlines so you definitely have to have a high school diploma you have to have a high school diploma, yes. Yeah, and then they talk about work experience, like maybe one to two years in a service occupation. So that's something like what you were doing, you were waiting tables, and then also you were working in a bank, both service, um, and yet what else? I mean, service could be almost anything, but. Yeah, so airline industries, they just, you know, they sometimes like experience. Um, I also know so many people who've applied and they didn't get it. And actually a, a good friend of mine, she applied to be a flight attendant, uh, the airline I work for, she didn't get it. She has had the most amazing um, resume working with, um, you know, uh, mentally ill um, people in hospitals. Um, she was a member of the Peace Corps. She had like the most bubbly personality, um, very presentable when she went in and she didn't get it. And the lady that interviewed her was actually the lady that interviewed me and I was shocked and she ended up moving um, to the east coast and she couldn't find a job 
And she was like, no, and they were shocked. So just, it depends on who you get. And, you know, you just keep trying and trying. And like, she tried again two years later and ended up getting it. So it just, you know, they can tell when you're nervous and when you're interviewing or when you're lying. And that's another big thing. Um, in applications, um, you don't want to lie about anything. It doesn't matter your pay. They don't care that you got paid. I mean, this was in 2009. So uh, pay rates are different, but they could care less that if you got paid $10 an hour um, or $5 an hour, that's more when I was in high school. I think minimum wage was $5.75 at the first job I started, but they don't care. You can't lie on your application because um, they have a whole um, second party that's checking and verifying every single little thing um, to college to, you know, like for instance, I only went to college of San Mateo and I went to a college in LA for a year and transferred back and on the application pro, like uh, where you fill out the online application, there wasn't a spot for graduation, or I'm sorry, there was a spot for, um, there wasn't a spot for transfer. So there was, um, or incomplete or in progress. So the closest thing was an associates for me, at the point that I was at. And um, luckily when I went to go do my drug and uh, alcohol test, cause they have everybody across the airline industry whether what job you do, you have to do that. Um, as a lot of jobs, um, the place that I kept trying to go to was closed. And so I called back and they just had me go to their nearby airport where they had a facility. And I told the lady from um, HR, I'm like, hey, by the way, on my college portion, um, there was no in progress or dropout or whatnot. So I just put associates. So I just want to make sure that that was okay. And she's like, thank you so much for telling me this because you would have not gotten the job. And I'm like, really? oh, wow. So Wow. Yeah. So luckily, you know, the world works in mysterious ways because I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about that no. now. And no. So, so I guess every single little yeah. thing, tell the truth on it because yeah. it's going to get verified. Yeah. Be as transparent as possible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um, when they're hiring people, you know, years ago, this I'm going back, I'm dating myself. Um, you know, you had to be a certain weight or a certain height and you had almost kind of had to have a certain look. So what's going on these days? You know, the, luckily there's a lot of laws in tech now where it doesn't matter your height, doesn't matter your weight. Um, you know, we have everything from, you know, moms and grandmas who work here. We have um, all shapes and sizes, every ethnicity, every color. So, you know, we have some kids who look like supermodels and we have other people who, you know, it, it doesn't matter about your looks. Um, they're looking for personality and they're looking for someone who's gonna represent their airline well and that they believe in. And you literally can look at all three people, all four or five people on a crew. And, um, you know, we all look completely different and we're all, there's some that are 4'11 and there's some people who are 6'2". And um, more so they're just looking for personality and that you're qualified for the job. And if you fit right for their airline, um, yeah. Okay. So when you're on the plane um, and let's say there's a crew of six or whatever, and there's first class or business class, and then there's regular, you know, where the rest of us, you know, cheapies go in the back and the economy. Um, uh, is there someone that's in charge of you, of you, all of you flight attendants, of the crew of flight attendants? And then, um, and then the next part of that question is, 
how come is is it a kind of a coveted position if you are working up in first class yes okay. um so the person in charge of everybody who is on the crew is the captain the the pilots so he's first in command and in charge of everybody but more so um it's the lead flight attendant the purser they're in charge of all of us on the trip so you can be anywhere from a one-day trip where you're just going you know from los angeles to mexico and coming back or you can be on a four-day trip and the people can intertwine and there's a different person but um like if there's an emergency or something goes down or there's a it escalates and there's an actual problem the lead flight attendant or purser is the person in charge um and kind of like the boss of everybody most of the time we all gel and it works um it might be very easy going and um but i'm also a assertive person so i work really well with everybody and sometimes you might come across someone who's super type a where they're not as um a, of a people person or sometimes they're just a slower at things or they're new um i remember every time i work with a new person i'm like oh don't worry you, you'll have this i was so lost and didn't understand what i was doing and you'll get this like don't worry it's nothing to be intimidated by right. um I didn't really work in the as the lead flight attendant or purser as much in the beginning and uh now I have I kind of do all positions you, you bid for them sometimes you have to certain airlines you have to go and interview to be in that position and um become a, a lead flight attendant person you get paid a little more to be up there um, and some airlines is just bidding a position I see so what what's next for Anthony what's next for me so I've kind of turned this into a career um, I work more than full time. You can kind of, you know, manipulate your hours if you want to work less, you want to work more. Um, I plan on staying, you know, working as a flight attendant and, you know, I've turned this into a career. So um, yeah, I went back to school about five years ago and my heart really wasn't in it. Um, I just wanted to try and get that bachelor's degree, but I, I struggled. I, I was sitting there in class thinking about what I wanted to do um you know later on that night or what i had plans for and like it just my heart wasn't in it and um so for a small time for about three years i had a t-shirt company actually t-shirt line and i did that for a little bit um and it was successful and i had a great time doing it um i still have it i just don't i haven't come out with anything new in a couple of years and that was really fun um and that, that's the great thing about the airline industry is that once you have a secure schedule and you can kind of manipulate and you know have other careers a lot of my friends are you know yoga instructors or some of them are in real estate and do that full-time and do this part-time um it gives you a job to be very flexible a lot of them are moms so they'll only work like half the week or work very minimal and you know they just continue to work so that way they have like the flight benefits and the insurance and the 401k and are able to go home and have a family so you know i want to get married and have kids one day when the right person comes along and you know but uh, for now this is this is it i i've had some of the best opportunities to travel and um you know that's one of the main benefits of this is you know like last summer i went to croatia and was able to you know travel all around um and the travel fees were just the taxes and you know that i think i paid like four hundred dollars three hundred dollars to get there and come back and you know that's really what the benefit is so i just plan to continue to travel the world and go to places that i haven't been to um you know 
being a, a flight attendant here in the United States, you get to fly standby um, on most of the carriers, the major US carriers, United, Southwest, JetBlue, Alaska, American. If there is an empty seat on the, um, on the airplane, you're on it. It just kind of goes by the, the company's seniority and then where you fall in, how many years you've worked and you know, there you go. Um, I got a free seat to Miami for the night and you, it works out great because you know, it reaps the benefits of all the hard work that you've done. That's nice. That is really nice. So, um, well, let's talk a little bit about benefits. So obviously you have the travel benefits and um, I would assume you have, you know, the regular health and welfare, which is your medical dental, probably vision. Um, the airlines is paying for your disability in case you have to go out on disability and probably some sort of retirement plan. Yeah, all, all those is something that's provided that I have. Right. And then um, the flight benefits you get to put your parents on. And then if you're not married, um, you can choose one person to put on. And if you are married, you have your, your wife, your husband, your spouse, and then your children. And then if your children are, once they reach the age of after 18, as long as they're still, I think you, you get to keep them on until they're 23. Um, if they're in college. So I was always able to put on a friend or family member every year and kind of intertwine them. And, you know, that's that's been the really cool thing. Like, I love to bid long layovers and do cool things where I'm in New York for a night. So we went to go see a Broadway show and, you know, I bring my best friend along for the night or um, go see the monuments in D.C. and go like it was really cool. In the beginning, I had a friend or one of my coworkers whose um, cousin worked for a congressman and we got a whole tour of the Capitol and you know, it was, this was during the Obama administration. So it's really cool to see like everything I would have never been able to if I wasn't working, happened to be working with this girl that day. Right. Um, wow. Yeah, I've got to go to behind the scenes at MTV and just see all these really cool things just because I was working with somebody who happened to have a best friend who was a singer. So we got to go see that before they shut down the original TRL um, at the MTV cool. studio. So yeah, the, the job gives you a lot of, if you want to, on a layover, basically after your flight's done, they put, they provide you with hotels and you can kind of, once your layover starts, you, you can go to the gym. It's, it's your free time. It's like you're off, but you're just right. happen to be in a different city. So, um, you know, brought my mom along for a weekend in Cancun a couple of times and her, my dad, and I have Hawaii layovers. And right. so that's been cool to share the experience with them and my friends. Well, you know, I have my passport. I'm available to go anytime. There we go. Let's do it. <laughs> you got my number now. So, um, what about your uniform? Who? What happens there? Does do you pay for that, or so the airline? the airline assigns you luggage, um, uniformed luggage that everybody has the same of, and uniforms as well. And so, initially, I think um, it's like a four hundred dollar allotment that they give you for the first year, and then every year, depending on. Um, you know, if they change their uniform or whatnot, you still get an allotment of like $200, $300 and to buy new pieces. And, um, you know, they have a variety of stuff to pick from. So those are provided. And also a small like dry clean um, allotment is given to you. That's good. And you can choose. Yeah, you can choose if you want to use it or not. Um, I know a lot of people that get their uniforms dry cleaned. I don't, but I hang dry everything. Um, except for like my, I don't put my ties or vests in there. I do dry clean those because they're a little more delicate. 
Sure. Yeah, so that's awesome that we get an allotment. And once your luggage starts wearing out or if it breaks, they'll provide you a new one. Okay. Um, most of the U.S. major airlines do that. Um, you know, there are the smaller airlines that might provide them, and some of them don't. It just depends on what particular airline you work for, but most of the predominantly larger airline um, airlines do. Okay. So tell me about, um, you know, um, flight attendants have a um, you, their usual routes, like where they're going. So is that something that you pick or do you get assigned? Or also, are there coveted spots? Like what's your dreams, dream spot to go to for, um, you know, for a regular, for your regular route? So in the beginning, it's kind of like what you get because you're new and you're just like, oh, Hey, Anthony, we need you to go to DC, be at the airport at seven, go. Um, and as you go along, you get to choose, you know, where you're, what you're going. And yeah, there are coveted spots, but it's funny because everybody's a little different. But for myself, I'm, I'm such a, I don't like cold weather. I don't, I, I try to, so in the winters, I try to go to like Florida or to Hawaii or to Mexico or, you know, make it so that way I'm not in those cold places, but I will go to DC, you know, depend on, depending on what hotel you're at. I'm like, oh, has really good food around there or um, the gym there is awesome. So I'm gonna bid these layovers. Um, I'm more of a guy who likes to do, be away for four days because you also get per diem, um, which could be anywhere from like a dollar to $2 and, 50 cents an hour away from base and you know if you're away for 80 hours four days that adds up more than just being away for the day so it just kind of depends on what you prefer if you you know you like being away from home I, I I'm indifferent I, I I could be away from home or I could not I enjoy both so I like my time at home but I also like my time away and you know making the best of it so I preferably love to go to Honolulu or Hawaii where someone else might not um, like to go to Maui and Honolulu. They, they, it's, it's family crowds. It's people going on vacation. So it's a lot more, you're not just a flight attendant. Sometimes you're a babysitter, you're a psychologist, um, you're a janitor. You got to, you know, clean, depending on what it is, you have to clean it up. We have um, cleaning crews that come in, do a really good job, especially now during the pandemic um, with cleaning the aircrafts and whatnot. But, you know, sometimes, you know, tray table was missed and there's a guest and like, oh my gosh, this table. And, you know, act like I came and cleaned the aircraft. I just got here right before you did too. So, you know, you, I am so sorry you clean it up for them. And usually it's not that big of a deal. Um, so yeah, there, there are coveted um, positions or places to go to that you want. And they're like, people don't really want to go to New York as much or JFK. It's a harder crowd or they, they don't want to work LA crew flights because it's different. You know, people are so uppity or not, but I like them all. So I like every city, no matter what it is. Um, I'm more of a one flight guy. So I like to do one long one, get those five hours in and be done rather than going up and down the coast, um, you know, going from New York back to Florida, you know, or doing smaller flights. Cause what you, you only get paid for what you fly. It's not, it's not a normal nine to five job. So you have to be, you know, very, very flexible. That's one of the main things and being able to be adaptable to change and, you know, multitask and, you know, being able to deal with a bunch of different personalities because you could be working with somebody who just isn't really, um, you know, they kind of let people walk all over them or you have someone who's a little more type A who's like, hey, 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 do, do it like this. And, you know, they just started and they might be trying to 
tell you what to do or how to do it. And I just kind of smile like, and they've only worked here for two months. So like, Oh, how long have you worked here? I was like, 12 years. And like, Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I kind of just let it roll off my shoulder and laugh about it. Hey, so Anthony, um, so let me understand. So if I had a, if I, my route was Seattle to New York, let's say, so yeah. let's say that's five hours, right? So I would get paid for the five hours flown. But if I was on a flight from Seattle to Chicago and then had to go to New York, let's say, so I get to Chicago, maybe that's four hours. And then, um, but then I have a, I don't know, a three hour break. I'm not getting paid for that. Is that right? No. So you're on a sit. Depending on what airline you work for, you might have, they uh, might, it, depending on what their um, unions have set up or what the company policy is, you'll get sit pay. And it might be just like an hour worth of pay, it just depends. But basically you get paid for when the airplane departs from the gate and touches back in from the gate. So that's why I really like doing the longer ones without having sure. in-betweens. Um, sometimes, you know, there'll be a really, or, a city that I've never been to, right? Like, like let's say, for instance, um, I've never been to New Orleans, but there's a two-hour sit. <laughs> I have, but the first time that I went, I had never gone. Or, yeah, uh, it was the second time I went because I went for vacation. I took my father along, but we had to have a layover, and it's annoying, and no one likes that, and I don't, you know, I have to do service that many more times, and that's another 150 people, and that's another, you know, something you know just a longer day sure. rather than going straight there um so i'd rather just get it done a lot of people like the up and down or they like to you know do those and it, just for me i i've worked here a little too long to you know put in my time so i want to do one long one there and yeah. then that's be, that'd be done with it you know that's your preference so yeah so you do get they have like so if you're on a delay you get you can you can get delay pay they have all these things implemented and depending on what airline you work for and um the contract that they have okay okay like there's like delta doesn't have a union but um i know that they have like a really good um program with their flight attendants where they don't need one and they have their own set of rules. So every airline's kind of different. Everyone's similar, but have slightly different rules and regulations. Um, they, everyone has to follow the FAA regulations, but then there's company policy and procedure gotcha. as well. So as long as your company um, is following the FAA guidelines, you're good. You just have to meet or exceed. Okay, got it. Do you have any good, I'm, I'm, this is a stupid question because I know the answer is yes, and you're gonna have to pick one, but a funny story. Do you have any funny story of um, flying? I mean, maybe something happened to you, whether it was early on or what do you got? This gentleman came to the back and he said he was going to propose to his girlfriend and they've been dating for, you know, they, she's never been to New York and it was her dream to go to New York and go to the, go to a Broadway show. And um, he's like, is there any way you can like help us do, help me do this? And it was a red eye flight. And so we're like, well, everyone's sleeping right now, man. But um, we had it set up so um when we landed like we had like the whole gate team help us and like you know we got on the PA and she was confused because she's like wait what's going on and um you know we helped him set up his proposal and you know we waited out there for them even though it was like seven in the morning and we're like oh my gosh but we wanted to make it super special so that was really cool um what else we had this you, say yes? you know 
She said yes. Okay. So that was awesome. She said yes. Um, we had a guest tweet about us and the gentleman in the back who was sitting close to us, he's like, hey, this guy, and they were friends, but we didn't know they were friends. Um, he's like, this guy is tweeting about you guys. And um, he said, this flight flew to New York and gave the flight number and um, said our airline like has the hottest flight attendants ever. And um, I was working with two of my girlfriends and um, he's like, yeah, you, you should go like bother, like, you know, go say something to him and, you know, go see what he says. And um, the girls are very shy. And so I was like, well, I'm gonna, I don't wanna offend him. Cause you know, you, you can't really tell if someone is gay, straight, you know, why not? So I'm gonna go ask him. I, so I went up to him and he had his headphones on. He was doing some work on his computer and he, takes his headphones off and I kind of like, you know, wave at him. He's like, yeah, I was like, so who do you think's uh, more pretty? I was like, Christina or Kayla? And he was like, what? I was like, Christina or Kayla? I was like, which one's hotter? Cause he said hottest, like, that's why I said hotter. And he's like, oh my gosh. And he covered his face. He's like, they're both very beautiful. And um, I went to the back and I told the girls what I did. I'm like, are you kidding me? They're like, you're so embarrassing. Well, can't believe you said that. And Christina's a little more outgoing than Kayla she went over and started talking to him and he's like a journalist for um at the time he was a journalist for the la times and um anyway they ended up going on a date because we were headed to headed back to la and that's where you lived and um they hung out that night and they dated for five years um didn't work out in the long run but it was a really great relationship and she was like if you never said that to him i would have never dated him and so that was really cool Right. You know, listening to you talk about your coworkers, it's really nice. Um, it seems like you all have this great camaraderie and you yeah, you get everywhere. You really get to build like a foundation and a family with these people. I mean, you're with them. Sometimes you don't work with the person and never see them ever again, or you continue to work with them all the time. Um, I bid trips every month with my best friends and like, we're like a little family. So, you know, I'll bid one, some with these girls, some with these guys, and it ends up being a really cool thing. It sometimes doesn't even feel like work because you know, you're, you're enjoying it so much. And that's been like the real, you know, benefit of, of it all. I've made some of my best friends that I didn't, you know, would have never met, you know, if it weren't for working for this airline. So, um, like I said, it was a perfect job for somebody who didn't know what they wanted to do. Um, you know, after college and, you know, it, it ended up working out perfectly for me. Yeah, it's really sounds like it. Well, we should probably wrap it up. But before we do, I want to ask you, um, for someone that's thinking about this um, career path, what are there three, let's say three qualities or three things that they need to have or, um, yeah, three qualities to be successful in the role? What would you say? I'd say um, you have to be able to adapt well in, in situations and, you know, be able to multitask. Um, those are two big things because you never know what could come your way. And you have to be a people person and be someone who, who enjoys, you know, um, customer service. And, you know, sometimes I come across people and I'm like, oh, wow, how did this person get hired? You know, and like, uh, they are not fit for this job um you have to you have to enjoy what you do and also i think you have to um like have the heart for it you know um 
Absolutely. being able to adopt well in different situations. It's funny that you say that, like in my interview, they said, you know what, I don't like change. And I was like, why did I say that? Because this whole job, you know, everything is different day by day. Like you're doing the same stuff, but you know, this is a whole change. I've never had been a flight attendant before. And later on, we became friends, uh, the director of in-flight who interviewed me. And she's like, because you're so honest and you said that, like I, I needed you, I had to have you. you, I could tell you had the heart for this. And so you have to be able to adapt to change and, you know, be able to take whatever's coming your way. So I think, yeah, those are the three things that I think you need to have and have an open heart with it and, you know, be able to uh, like enjoy it. If, you, if you're not a people person, if you don't like customer service, you don't like serving people, um, this probably isn't the job for you. And you should be maybe like at a desk job or somewhere where you're not interacting with people as much. Because sometimes you deal with people who, um, you know, they're upset that something happened, but, um, and you do your best to help that situation, but you'll also deal with somebody who is totally fabricating a situation and you're like, oh man. But, and you have to learn how to deal with that too, you know? Right. So right. just have to wear many hats. You know, sometimes you might not want to sit there and talk with somebody about where they're going and what they're doing and they're on vacation or, you know, they're chatting with you or they're trying to get your phone number and you're like, oh man, like, come on. But you also are in a professional stance and you can say, can you go away? There, there, there's a way to say things and a way to say that. You just have to be able to read the room and read every situation and yeah. Those are great. Yeah, this has been really oh. great, Anthony. I really enjoyed Customer service. How oh, thank you. I, I've had a great time talking to you too. Thank you for joining our Talk Shop podcast today. You can also follow on Instagram and Facebook at talkshop.podcast. Show notes from today's podcast can be found on my website. And until next time, stay curious and keep moving.